John, I think I've known you for about 30 years, and yet I am discovering new sides of your creative artistic life via your um, adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's novel Cat's Cradle, which is having a revival at the Lifeline Theater right now. Do you hide your artistic talents under a bushel, or am I just an unobservant idiot? I think that it's two different worlds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 878, Adapting Kurt Vonnegut. Chicago's Lifeline Theater reimagines literary works on stage, and Lifeline Ensemble member John Hildreth has written award-winning adaptations for them of such novels as Johnny Tremaine, Watership Down, Around the World in 80 Days, and now Kurt Vonnegut's Cat's Cradle, which is running in a glorious production through October 22, 2023. John is also a phenomenal improviser and director and currently the artistic director of Chicago's Second City Training Center. So I loved talking to him about how he navigates his various artistic worlds. But first, we discussed what it was like adapting Cat's Cradle, Kurt Vonnegut's satirical sci-fi novel about religion, science, and the fictional creator of the atomic bomb, and what happened when he communicated with Vonnegut himself. First of all, the production of Cat's Cradle is fantastic because it seems like the director, the cast, and you are all performing the same adaptation in the same style. It seems incredibly well realized. So that's great. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And I have to I have to credit so much of getting everybody together on the style. I have to credit that to the director, Heather Curry. Um, who's fantastic. And um, yeah, she's just great, hard worker and dedicated. And she gets it. You know, she gets it. Yeah. And now you've been an ensemble member with Lifeline, I think, since the late 90s. Yes, I want to say 98, but it could have been 99. And did you pitch the uh, Lifeline is, is committed to theatrical adaptations of works of literature. Did you pitch Vonnegut's novel as a possibility for production? Yes, I did. That uh, you, you um, as an artistic ensemble member, you can pitch titles to uh, the rest of the ensemble for their consideration. Then everybody reads the novel and then you might have to like share a tidbit or two of how you want to approach it and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But yes, I did. It's like all the titles I adapted, I pitched. And they agreed. I mean, I love this. I, I, I love that they went, yeah, John has an idea. Let's all jump in and support this idea. And I love that it was, I love that it was, it has been revived now. This is the second production. I think it was incredibly smart to not only revive a play about the end of the world <laughs> as we're coming out, but coming out of, but still in a pandemic. Right. 
and for it to premiere for for it to be revived right after we've had both the movie Oppenheimer, which is about the actual uh, <laughs> creator of the A bomb, um, and Barbie. The your play, your adaptation, Cat's Cradle, feels like it is both Oppenheimer and Barbie. Your play is Barbenheimer in a single live stage production. <laughs> well, I haven't seen either of those movies yet, but um, it sounds like that's a compliment to me. <laughs> it's a 100% a compliment. Um, did you have to get permission from Vonnegut? Well, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, from his agents. Who, um, yeah, from his agents and maybe now it's his family and the same agents. But yes, indeed, had to get permission both times. And, um, you know, to do this revival, I had to send them all the changes I had made to the previous script, mm. which were hundreds. Every little change had to run by them. And they were good with all of them? Or they said, yeah, yeah this is okay, not, don't do this? Yeah, they were good with them. Cool. Good. And, then and did, you ever, did you ever get to communicate with the man himself? Well, actually, I did. Ooh. Many, many years ago when the first production was uh, just getting started, just starting in rehearsals, I think. And I was doing laundry and I got a phone call, picked up the phone and it was, uh, he said it was Kurt Vonnegut and I didn't believe him. I thought it was one of my improv buddies, Josh and me for like a good minute or so, but eventually he convinced me and um, he said he liked the adaptation, he'd read it. His word was audacious. He said it was audacious. Um, so, yeah, I did get to actually have a phone conversation with Kurt Vonnegut about my adaptation. That's amazing. Yeah. Lucky me. Lucky me, lucky mud. Um, say all day long. Uh, you're... Uh, uh... You're not going to get that from uh, Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> no, but um, I, I'm very lucky. I got to adapt so many of my favorite novels at Lifeline. Um, Treasure Island, I got to do. And the other thing was fun was that we got to hang out with you after the play, which is something we <laughs> never get to do because you always go home. I've got to get to bed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm glad we did a little hangout there. And thanks so much for coming. That was great. Uh, hello, my name is Jasper Ford. I'm the author of the Thursday Next series of books and also the Nursery Crime series of books. And you're listening to the Reduce Shakespeare podcast. Can you RSC the RSC? This fall of 2023, we'll be performing the complete history of comedy abridged and the ultimate Christmas show abridged around the country. Check out the touring page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com, or our Facebook page or Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. 
Now back to my conversation with improviser, teacher, and playwright John Hildreth talking about dividing his time between scripted and improvisational theater worlds. There's the comedy world, Second City, and, you know, if I'm doing an improv show, I'll let all those people know, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the legitimate theater side, which is uh, represented by Lifeline and adapting plays there. Um, yes, we've known each other for a long time since I was in ETC with D. Right. Which was in the early 90s. Yes, it was. Holy moly. <laughs> People keep telling me that, you know, that was like 20, 30 something years ago, and I don't believe it. It was like yesterday. So we're both living in denial. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I stopped recognizing the passage of time somewhere in the mid 90s, like 95, 96. And in my mind, it's still 95, 96. And um, uh, we share this, um, I think, this this aspect of living in two worlds or sometimes living between two worlds. Because I've got my, you know, my ridiculous vaudevillian thing going on with the Reduce Shakespeare Company. And yet now I'm working with these, quote unquote, real theaters in Chicago, yeah. like Looking Glass and the Goodman and Writers Theater. Yeah. Um, but but one, it, it really feels to me, and I'd like your thoughts on this, that the comedy feeds the more serious, and again, I'm using air quotes, the more serious theatrical aspirations am i wrong about that you know i think i think that's a great way of putting it but i have to say you know i don't think i personally have figured it all out yet i'm still trying to see how it all fits together um i think second city just from what i've observed second city sort of is looked down upon by the legitimate theaters. And I'm like, man, if you could see how hard these actors work here and how hard the directors work here, and it's a, it's an equity house, you know? These are equity performers, equity shows, equity stage managers, and they're incredibly talented people, but I don't think they get enough credit. I, 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 and I, I agree with you, and I don't think the whole school, if we want to talk about method acting as as redefining acting in the middle of the 20th century and i know this is something d ryan has got my wife d ryan has gone on about you know second city and chicago comedy improv training has redefined acting at the at the end of the 20th and going into the 21st century i think it demands much more respect totally agree with you i don't think it's ever going to get that respect mm. i don't think so and also based, I'm realizing what I just said previously, I think the other thing, the the reverse is also true. Our ser serious, again, in air quotes, theatrical work, I think, grounds and feeds the comedy in a really great way. Do you agree? I think so. I mean, I'm getting, you know, both sides, both theatrical sides feed each other that's I guess I could say that's true for me as an individual but well it was really tough I could never get 
um, I could never get all my improv friends to come see my Lifeline Theater shows and vice versa. None of my serious theater um, friends would come see my little $5 improv shows. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just gave up on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Um, well, well, let's, let's talk about your Lifeline Theater shows because you are um, uh, uh, Jeff nominated and Jeff award winning for a couple of those adaptations. Um, uh, how did the adaptation of Cat's Cradle come to you? Wow. Well, um, I think it was a little bit different than any of the other ones because the story isn't uh, the story isn't lined up um, chronologically. It's kind of all over the place and flashing back, and I had to like look to incorporate that. In so it's a typical Vonnegut novel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it isn't like it isn't like around the world in eighty days, which right. everything is all in order. <laughs> right. Um, so I had to figure out how to do how to do that, but what it did have was it had the narrator right there at the top of the show, and okay, that's good to know because I, you know, so many of my adaptations, I just rely on a, a good narrator mm -hmm. or sometimes more than a couple few narrators um, in 80 days but here you have the narrator from the very first words of the show all the way to the end so that was something that made it easy it's like okay we know who's telling the story to the audience um so other than that it's like okay you're just constantly thinking, okay, where do we have to move this scene to? Or how can I change the order of this mm. or that and the other thing? Um, I usually try to end up doing two things at the same time. I think I also adapted Sirens of Titan a few years after the first go round of Cat's Cradle. And that was, I was trying to do three things at the same time and that wasn't working. I don't think that was, I think that's a lesson I learned that the most you could do at a time is two things. <laughs> and, but, and with the book, the book was written and published in the early sixties, like, uh, like almost exactly 60 years ago. Yeah. And, and, and you, it feels like, You've written it in a style. It's certainly directed and performed in a style reminiscent of the comedy of the late 50s, early 60s. It has echoes of that. Is that was that something from the book or is that something that you layered on? You know, it also makes it easy to adapt a novel if the dialogue is in the novel and if it's good and funny and well-constructed yeah. dialogue. And usually you end up just trimming it, editing it. Um, so yeah, so much of that dialogue is in the book itself. What I had to do a couple few times is because every once in a while you have to remove characters, you're only going to have nine actors and blah, 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 blah. Right. And you end up giving some characters dialogue to another character, or you end up moving some 
dialogue and giving it, putting it in a different scene just to sort of consolidate um, the topics. And I had to do that a couple few times. Um, but yeah, I think the the acting style, again, I have to credit Heather with that, picking up on that, um, uh, the time and capturing those sort of performances. When I was thinking of the characters in my mind, I would always think of like 70s sitcom TV characters. And that kind of helped me picture it as we went along. Um, like for example, I was imagining a lot of Paul Lind as uh, Dr. Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Always a great touchstone. Yes. <laughs> That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. John Hildreth's adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's Cat's Cradle runs at Chicago's Lifeline Theater through October 22, 2023. Go to lifelinetheater.com for more information. Then send us your Barbenheimer mashup via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. You can also follow John Hildreth on Twitter at Johnny Hildreth or on Instagram at Johnny Hildreth IV. Thanks as always to Midwest stereotype Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout out this week goes to James F. Cody. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Jasper Ford, whose novel The Air Affair has a marvelous stage adaptation written by me. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 878-2634ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. It's a lovely production, and... Um, I'm just so thrilled to not only have seen the production, but to find out about this secret artistic life of yours and blab it now to the whole world. <laughs> well, now, you know, of course, I like to think, oh, I don't have time to do adaptations. I don't really have time to be a proper artistic ensemble member at Lifeline. And, you know, that's where I'm at. But this has really got me thinking again about, oh, maybe I should throw a few titles out there. <laughs> do some more writing. So I'm almost halfway convinced. Well, I'll, I'll do what I can to convince you the rest of the way. Bravo, sir, well done. Thank you so much, Austin. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.